Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 5, verses 38 to 48, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 to 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. You have here our Lord Jesus Christ's rules for our conduct toward one another. He that would know how he ought to feel and act toward his fellow men should often study these verses. They deserve to be written in letters of gold. They have exhorted praise even from the enemies of Christianity. Let us mark well what they contain. The Lord Jesus forbids everything like an unforgiving and revengeful spirit, a readiness to resent injuries, a quickness in taking offense, a quarrelsome and contentious disposition, a keenness in asserting our rights, all All are contrary to the mind of Christ. The world may see no harm in these habits of mind, but they do not correspond to the character of the Christian. Our Master says, Do not resist him who is evil. The Lord Jesus enjoins on us a spirit of universal love and charity. We ought to put away all malice. We ought to return good for evil and blessing for cursing. We ought to love even our enemies. Moreover, we are not to love in word only, but in deed. We are to deny ourselves and take trouble in order to be kind and courteous. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. We are to put up with much and bear much, rather than hurt another or give offense. In all things, we are to be unselfish. Our thought must never be, How do others behave to me? But what would Christ have me do? A standard of conduct like this may seem, at first sight, extravagantly high. But we must never content ourselves with aiming at one lower. We must observe the two weighty arguments by which our Lord backs up this part of his instruction. They deserve serious attention. For one thing, If we do not aim at the spirit and temper which we are here recommended, we are not yet children of God. Our Father in heaven is kind to all, 
He sends rain on good and on evil alike. He causes his sun to shine on all without distinction. A son should be like his father. But where is our likeness to our father in heaven, if we cannot show mercy and kindness to everyone? Where is the evidence that we are new creatures, if we lack charity? It is altogether lacking. We must yet be born again. John 3 verse 7. For another thing, if we do not aim at the spirit and temper here recommended, we are manifestly yet of the world. Even those who have no religion can love those who love them. They can do good and show kindness when their affection or interest moves them. But a Christian ought to be influenced by higher principles than these. Do we flinch from the test? Do we find it impossible to do good to our enemies? If that be the case, we may be sure we have yet to be converted. As yet we have not received the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. There is much in all this which calls loudly for solemn reflection. There are few passages of Scripture so calculated to raise in our minds humbling thoughts. We have here a lovely picture of the Christian as he ought to be. We cannot look at it without painful feelings. We must all allow that it differs widely from the Christian as he is. Let us carry away from it two general lessons. In the first place, if the spirit of these ten verses were more continually remembered by true believers, they would recommend Christianity to the world far more than they do. We must not allow ourselves to suppose that the least words in this passage are trifling or of small moment. They are not so. It is attention to the spirit of this passage which makes our religion beautiful. It is the neglect of the things which it contains by which our religion is deformed. Unfailing courtesy, kindness, tenderness, and consideration of others are some of the greatest ornaments to the character of the child of God. The world can understand these things if it cannot understand doctrine. There is no religion in rudeness, toughness, bluntness, or incivility. The perfection of practical Christianity consists in attending to the little duties of holiness as well as to the great. And in the second place, if the spirit of these ten verses had more domination and power in the world, how much happier the world would be than it is? Who does not know that quarreling, strifes, selfishness, and unkindness cause half the miseries by which mankind is visited? Who can fail to see that nothing would so much tend to increase happiness as the spread of Christian love, such as he recommended by our Lord? Let us all remember this. Those who fancy that true religion has any tendency to make men unhappy are greatly mistaken. It is the absence of it that does this, and not the presence. True religion has the directly contrary effect. It tends to promote peace and charity, and kindness, and goodwill among men. The more men are brought under the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the more they will love one another, and the more happy they will be. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts from these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory.